Hi everyone, and welcome back to Relationships Rock. Today's episode is dedicated especially for parents. I know there's a lot of you who tune in who have reached out to me and told me that you're listening, and I'm sure there's a lot of episodes that I've done so far that you really could have, you know, learned from or gained insight or have helped you in the process that you're in. But this episode is really dedicated for parents. It is putting together kind of all the advice, all the talks that I've had with parents. I know the process has changed tremendously from the time that you were dating to when your child is dating. So this episode is for you. I want to begin by saying a disclaimer. This is not coming from a place of judgment. I know that as children, myself included, we have all judged our parents. We all feel like they could do things differently, that they messed up. Um, I once heard a quote, you know, at some point you get too old to blame your parents for everything, but some people don't really outgrow that. And the truth is that people always say when you become a parent is when you realize so many things. And it's so true. When I became a parent is when I realized that parents are actually human beings. I know it's a shocker and that they're going through their own problems in life, whether it's money, work, life, health, anything. And they're just trying to do the best they can with whatever they have. So I want to just put that out there. All the advice that I'm giving you, it's really not judging you. I know that all parents love their children and they're really just trying to do the best with whatever they have. I'm recording this on Tubishvat which I think is very apropos. I had a class in seminary and the rabbi said how Shvat is all about branching out. And he said how it used to be that children were all born in the same shevet, the same mazal, right? So if you were the shevet of Benjamin, all of your children were like the shevet of Benjamin. And it was so easy to parent because they were just like you. And he said how the times before Mashiach, each child is going to be from a different shevet. And the challenge for each parent is going to be to allow each kid who is so different from themselves to branch out, to become who they are, and for parents to figure out how to help them in that process. So with all of that in mind, and kind of trying to navigate this process of Shidduchim, you know, sometimes it happens where parents are the last person the single feels comfortable to confide in. And I feel like with just some basic advice, with some basic clarity, Maybe we can kind of bridge that gap and parents can actually be the best support that a single has during what could be a very difficult and trying and defining time in their life. Number one, and this may sound like super obvious, but you'd be surprised how often this is not the case. Speak to your child about what they want. Literally have a conversation. You know, what are you looking for? What do you want in a spouse? Are you ready to start dating? That's another one. You know, really have a deep conversation and find out what they want. A lot of times, and I've seen this play up in so many different ways, I speak to the single who is in Shidduchim and they tell me what they're looking for. And then I speak to the parent and it's like they're speaking a different language. Like they did not communicate. Um, They're asking for completely different things. And I already know from experience that if I send a suggestion that the parent likes, the, the single is not going to say yes. And if I send a suggestion that the single likes, the parent is, is going to say no. And a lot of times singles will say to me, well, can you speak to my parents? Can you help me navigate that? And I'm kind of cutting through that and preventing that and saying, speak to your child, find out what they want. And I know that it's hard, it's so hard when we raise our kids a certain way and we want something for them. We have an expectation of who they're going to marry whether and usually by the way these are religious nuances right that they're they might want something less or something more and it's very difficult to navigate that 
I think the number one thing is communicate, have that conversation and really listen to what they want. And this really leads to point number two, which is who they marry is not a reflection on you. I know that sometimes parents kind of take it as judgment of, oh, you think I'm not good enough that you have to go marry someone more religious, right? You want something more than me. What I cover, I don't cover my hair. How come you need someone who covers their hair? Or the other extreme of, what do you mean you want someone who's not going to be learning full-time? Like all of your siblings, your brothers-in-law, your father, they've, they've been learning in Lakewood for for neons, you know? And I've, I've honestly seen this play up in, in both ways, in both directions. Who your child marries is not a reflection on you. I, I once had a situation where I set up um, a guy and a girl, and they were both very excited to go out. They both liked each other. And the girl said to me, just, you know, I, I want to just run it by my father. So the father calls me and he says, listen, he sounds like a great guy, but, you know, how is it going to look on us if my firstborn daughter marries a guy who's working? And I was honestly like speechless, right? Like it wasn't about the girl. It wasn't about the guy. It was about how is this going to reflect on me? How is it going to look on my family? How is it going to affect my kids, other shidduchim, my own standing in the community? And this is where I, I honestly was, was speechless. Um, I, I, I just want to you know, reiterate, like, it's not a reflection on you. You're not marrying off your child so that you gain some status. You're marrying off your child because this is going to be the person that your child spends the rest of their life with. You want someone who's going to be a loving a respectful partner, you know, after 120, when you're no longer here, that's the person that's going to be with them. So what are we basing it on? So number one, we obviously want it to be something that they want. And by the way, when you're having that conversation with your child about, oh, what do you want? What are you looking for? It also gives you a chance for you to gauge, well, are they saying the things that really matter? Are they really ready to start dating? And this is where you can kind of evaluate and have conversations about what really matters in marriage. What should they be looking for? You know, if if your child comes to you and says, listen, mom, I need someone who has blue eyes. Like that is super important to me. Now, and, and by the way, and I've said this before, I'm very respectful of people's ranges. You know, if they feel like that is what they're attracted to or not, or that's something that's very important to them. As a sharkhan, I try to respect that. As a parent, of course, you want to listen and respect that. At the same time, if you have that, if you have built that relationship, you can also guide them and say, listen, honey, I, I'm sure that you're very attracted to that, but is that really what's going to make it or break it for you? Having that original conversation of what do you want, right? What does the single want? And respecting that. And then when you're doing searches, looking for them for that, that is going to also build a really strong relationship, which you're going to need in life. You know, in my nine years of working as a Sharkhan, as a dating coach, I have spoken to parents, moms really, who are incredible. They, they really say to me like, look, I know my son is different than me. I know that he wants something else. He's not marrying the same girl that his brother's married, but it's important to me that you understand what he's looking for. And you should hear how these guys um, speak about their moms. It's like, my mom loves me. She cares about me. She gets me. And they feel such comfort that the moms are doing the shidduchim for the boys, even though it's a completely different type of girl they would have ever chosen. And I feel like when you have that kind of respect and communication, it will just set the tone for a really lifelong relationship where they are going to turn to you versus pushing them away. And usually when this comes up, 
it's not really a personality difference that the mom had an expectation for or that the, the parents as a whole had, but really it's more about those religious nuances where the parents had a certain expectation, whether it was more or less, and that child does not want that. And how to navigate that awkward moment of they want to share that with you, but they also want to be respected for their own individual opinion and what they want. I mean, they're the ones who are getting married. I also want to add to that, that whether your child finds their spouse right away or not is not a reflection on you as a parent. It doesn't define your success as a parent. There are so many factors that impact whether a single is single or a single is married. And you're a good parent, not if your child is married. You're a good parent if you love your child and you give them the tools for success. Number three, be sensitive to their pain. A lot of times when singles bring examples, they're honestly very nuanced. Number one, be mindful when married siblings come over of asking them for help equally. You know, a lot of times singles will express their frustration. They're kind of kicked out of their rooms and they're expected to babysit. They're expected to be up all night, you know, helping their mom. And obviously there's a balance of giving and so forth. But be mindful that when married siblings come in, it's a reminder of, oh, you're different. You're less than you're kind of like the help booted, you know, you're kicked out of your room. Number two is don't ask people you meet in a social setting something about your child in front of them. Oh, do you have a shidduch for them? Oh my gosh, we're trying to get them married off. Or don't gesture in an obvious manner like, oh, look, there she is, that one, that's my daughter. You know, it's it's awkward, it's uncomfortable. They already feel like they have a stamp on their forehead saying, I'm single. Try to kind of avoid that. Number three, support and defend your child. Um, in front of intrusive family members or community members, create boundaries so they understand, hey, you know, that's that topic is off limits. And don't allow them to blame your child, like, oh, well, it's because he's too, you know, he's too picky or she's too picky. When is she gonna settle? It is hurtful. Even if that's a conversation that, that you believe in, that you think they're right, and maybe it's something you would want to discuss with your child, don't do it in front of other people. Um, it's like, you know, I, I actually once heard a father say in front of the single daughter, you know, the, the family member said, oh, when are you going to give your parents nachas already? And the father kind of stepped in and said, she, she already gives me a lot of nachas. And you can imagine how the daughter felt and how that created the relationship. And I, I can't stress this enough. During this difficult time here, you want to make sure the relationship between you and your child is healthy, it's growing, and that's going to help them throughout their lives. Next, do not define your child by his or her single status. Show interest in their interests, help them become their best self. You know, if they're married yet, it means that they can fulfill other things for now. So if they have an interest, a goal, a career they want to accomplish, help them achieve that. Do not make your child's single status the focus of your household. Do not allow the mood in your home to be determined by whether they're dating, whether they're not dating, whether they just broke up, whether, you know, they haven't dated for six months. Kind of separate that. At the, in the same vein, you know, when they're confiding with you, validate their feelings. You know, if you say, well, you never know, one date can't hurt, just give it another shot. Sometimes that one date could actually be very painful for the person and they feel like you don't really understand what they've been going through, how difficult it is to have another horrible first date. So more than giving advice is really just validating their feelings. Number four, get them help when they need it. I know that this is more of like an old school type of thought. But parents sometimes think like, oh, if they get married, like all the problems will be solved. Like they'll figure it out. Marriage kind of just fixes things in life. And the truth is that marriage actually just brings out everything, as I'm sure you know. 
from your own experience. Marriage does not hide things. It exacerbates. It makes them even greater. When, when COVID came along, really whatever anyone was struggling with, it made it even stronger. Whoever was lonely, it was like super lonely. Whatever young mother was struggling with kids, it was like super overwhelming. If anyone had child and bite issues, the rate of divorce actually went up after COVID. It exacerbated that. So marriage is the same thing. It's going to just bring everything out. So if you know that your child has something they have to work on, help them before they get married. It will be the best chesed you could do. And how do you help them? Well, if you have that relationship, that trust, you could speak it out with them. If they need some professional help, whether it is a dating coach or a therapist or even medication, whatever it is, you know, you want them to be their best self at their best place. I can't stress that enough. So you as the parent who are on the side of seeing them today, today, get them the help that they need before they get married. Number five, be realistic with money. This is honestly a very sensitive subject. Um, and I'm speaking more towards the people who are kind of looking for a learner, right? And it, I've had this conversation with parents and it almost comes as a shock to them. But guys who are looking to learn are really told by the rebbeim, go with the girl that has the most money. If you have two girls to choose from and they're the same, Go with the girl that has more money. Go with the girl that these parents are going to allow you to learn for as long as possible. And this can be very heartbreaking because girls are literally told in seminary, marry a learner, marry a learner, marry a learner, working guys, that's not good enough. It's not to your level, which by the way, I think it's super detrimental because I think it's impossible to expect that all guys are going to be top learners. But literally, I have yet spoken to a girl who's 19 who came back from seminary and does not describe to me the same exact thing of what she's looking for. I hate to be the one who bursts the bubbles for these girls, but I do. And I'm bursting the bubble for you as well. I hope that you forgive me. And that is that if you cannot support a learner, it's not going to happen. And what's going to happen is you're going to, this girl's going to be put in this cycle of rejection, of pain. And then at 22, 23, she's going to say, you know what, fine, I'll marry a working guy that she could have married at 19. The reality is that when I try to make shidduchim and I set somebody up who's going to be in learning, one of the first questions they ask me before they even look into the girl is, what does the support look like? And parents, I know, get very offended by this. Well, why can't they look into the girl first and then we'll figure it out? Because it's a financial decision. And the truth is that throughout history, someone learning full-time has always been a financial decision, right? People who were top learners married the, the wealthy man's daughter because that's how they could support it. So I know we... Things have changed because a lot more people are learning, but that's really one of the first questions. And the question is how much are they supporting a month? And what degree is she gonna have in order to support the family? And I could go on a whole rant of how detrimental that whole system has become, but I just wanna put it out there for you to be realistic. You know, if you don't come from money, if, if you're not able to provide for your child a rent, you know, at least $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month, whatever it is in your circles, then, be realistic when you're going to Sharchanem and your and your daughter says, I want to marry a full-time learner. And I know that there are exceptions. People always people always love to talk about like the the exception. Well, I know somebody who didn't come from a wealthy family and they married a learner. It's possible. Obviously, also if, if there's Yichus involved, that plays a role. I once spoke to a mother who did not come. You know, they did not have a lot of money. They had kind of hard, a ton of children, which is more valuable for sure. And the daughter wanted to marry a guy who was learning the eldest daughter, and obviously came back from seminary. That is what everyone's saying. And I said to her, well, what's what support can you offer? Because people are asking that. 
And she said to me, well, maybe, maybe we could push through and give $300 a month. And I said to her, that's, that doesn't even cover like diapers. It, it doesn't, it doesn't cover anything. And, you know, and I try to encourage her, why, why not let her go out with a guy who is working, you know, working and learning or a guy who's in school and learning, you know, like, like a different type that, that's not going to be demanding that. And they wouldn't hear it. And it took them a few years for them to kind of change that mindset and say, okay, fine, maybe we would be open to something else. But that's the reality and you can take it or leave it. Um, but that is, that is the, that is a situation when you're trying to marry somebody who wants to learn or who wants someone who's going to learn for a long time. I think most people who are looking for a long-term learner are not looking to live in poverty. They're looking to be set up. They're looking to be comfortable. They're looking to not have the stress that money causes. And whether that is going to change or not or should change or not is a different topic. Number six, how to discuss money with in-laws. So this is, you know, after you've already gone through the process, you got engaged, how do you approach the whole money discussion? So if you're talking about setting up somebody and learning, so if you've already discussed kind of what each person is giving, you'll discuss it in more detail, but at least through the Shadchan, they'll have an idea of how much you're offering. I can't stress enough the importance of handling the engagement period with so much sensitivity. I have, you know, heard stories of parents. There's always going to be one that has more money than the other. And the ones that have more money will say, I want you to give exactly the same. Right? And the other parent is like, goes into debt. And I have had situations where the parent who has money says, don't worry about it. Like, we can cover this. We've saved up $100,000 for our daughter or for our son. It will go for the wedding. It will go for the apartment. It will go for whatever. How you handle it will set the tone with your mechutanim for the rest of your life. Someone called me and said, you know, what's like a normal amount to offer? The girl's family is very wealthy. We're not so wealthy. Like, how do we, we don't want to offend them. And I literally said to them, don't worry about offending them. You have to offer the amount of money that you're able to afford. Because when people have that much money, if you push yourself for another 10000 15000 which for you will be like a crazy amount, for them, it, it would, it's not going to be that difference of, oh, wow, you know? And what's going to end up happening is you might end up being resentful because you made all this effort and they didn't even notice it. Or you could go into debt and then hurt your other kids and yourself. So my suggestion is when you go into the discussing money and you say, okay, future in-law, like how are we going to pay for everything? You're already going with a number in mind. And that's a number that you have saved up or that you're able to afford. And, and that's what you're presenting, regardless of what the other side says. This is what you're bringing to the table. And it will kind of like, you know, take away like those like shotguns, you know, like of like, okay, we're in a war and we're trying to all finagle our best deal. It's not a best deal. You're trying to set up your child for success, financial security, and you have to just be honest and straightforward with what you can give. Number seven, the emphasis on love and building a relationship with your child. You know, a lot of times... Um, as a Kala teacher, you know, you hear people who tell the girls, oh, if you have a problem, don't go to your mom, don't involve your parents. And I don't agree with that. I think that to a certain extent, there are obviously things you might not feel comfortable sharing with your parents or that, you know, you might get over it and then your parents will still remember it for sure. But I think it's so important for, for singles, for once they become married, for sure, once they become spouses and parents to have that relationship with their parent which we've had throughout generations where you can go to them and you can get guidance and there's trust and there's love. And it all really starts obviously from when they're little, but Dafka in this dating process, you know, that they feel respected, 
Did they feel supported? Did they feel loved? And if, if you have worked on all of that, even if your child is different than you, even if your child wants something else that you don't want for them, if you have maintained this relationship, it will carry through in their marriage. Another point, manage your own anxiety about your child's single status. I know that it's hard when you just want to see your child settled, when there's so much communal pressure. But if you're anxious about it and you're kind of giving off that energy, it actually creates more pressure for the single. And it almost ruins their dating experience, especially the first few dates. They kind of have this pressure of, am I going to get married? Am I not going to get married? And this kind of leads into, you know, when they come back from dates, allow them to share with you if they want to share. Don't hold, you know, don't push them to talk to you. If you're approachable and non-judgmental, they're going to come to you. But if it's kind of like, oh, tell us everything. I invited the cousins over so we could have, you know, a popcorn party and we could talk about the date. It's not really, you know, helpful. And also on the subject of, you know, respecting your child as well as not letting them be defined by that is don't tell other people in the family about your child's status, whether they're dating someone, whether they're single, whether they're about to get engaged, unless they give you permission to do so. Respect their privacy. And also, by the way, you know, just for Ayn Hara, just allows it to be more hidden and less pressure. As singles get older, the pressure increases, whether it's real or whether it's in their mind, it doesn't really matter. And the more that it's talked about, the more that it's shared, the more that they feel like everyone's looking at them and, and trying to figure out what's happening, the more they feel like they have to make a decision quicker. And that just leads to them making a decision to end things sooner than they otherwise would because they feel like they just can't handle the pressure of continuing to date. Okay. Let's say that, you know, your child is becoming older and you might be a little bit worried about fertility, right? So, you know, this is tough. Um, you know, I have had older singles who have told me they, they regret not freezing their eggs. And it's something that you have to actually think about and make a decision in your early 30s. If you're the parent of someone who's in that age range and you're worried about that or you want them to consider it, maybe just, you know, give them an article about it. Say, hey, I, I heard about the specialist. I don't want to, you know, stress you out. It's nothing like that. It's just so that you can kind of put it to ease and then not be worrying so much about the fertility aspect. It's it's not coming from a place of desperation, but rather a place of let's plan ahead. Let's say that your single is overweight and, you know, you're very concerned about that and you kind of feel deep down like, hey, if they only just lost weight, they would get married. Body image is a really tough one and I'm going to do a whole episode on just that, but I'll say here from the parent's perspective I know we all want to help, and I can assure you that if your daughter is overweight or your son, they know it. They, they can look in the mirror and they can see themselves. Obviously, if there's a health concern, find you know the right health practitioner that's going to be sensitive and is going to be able to help them. Give them the information and then let them take the next steps. Honestly, in my experience, the best thing you can do is to encourage them to love themselves, to build their self-esteem. When someone is happy, they attract good things and they want to be their best selves, whatever that looks like. You know, happiness is not and should not be determined by a number on a scale. And don't feed into that. I know it's hard to not think like, oh, if she only lost weight, she would be married. But most often the weight, it's just a reflection of something that's going on inside. And if they deal with that, the weight really becomes irrelevant, whether they lose it or not. That's on them. But as long as they're happy with themselves and they're obviously in a healthy place, then size really doesn't matter. So much emphasis is placed on the ultimate goal of getting married. And getting married in and of itself is not an accomplishment. 
creating and sustaining a loving relationship, which we start with ourselves, is truly the goal. And, you know, as long as we're... The time that your child is single is not time that was wasted. They're not just cruising until they get married. They're living, they're thriving. And as parents, the best that we can do is to encourage them to think so. You know, don't think that because they're enjoying their life, they don't want to get married. Of course they want to get married. They feel the pressures even more than you do, trust me. But allow them to enjoy life, to go on those vacations, to do hobbies and projects that they enjoy. When you are focused on becoming your best self and working on yourself, you really do attract the best thing that is for you. I know that this chapter is difficult for them as as is difficult for you. And the best thing you can do is kind of set the tone of that love, that trust, that respect, that relationship. And if you maintain it now, it will continue on even when they are married. You know, as a college teacher, I know a lot of times they say, oh, you know, don't, don't tell your mom or your father about X, Y, and Z. Because you know they're not going to forget about it and they're going to count it against you and they're going to remember it forever. And of course, there is some truth in that. But I actually think that it is wonderful for, for children once they're married, when they want to become spouses, want to become parents, even grandparents, that they have a close parental relationship that they can turn to. That's honestly what I think is the ideal and the goal. So think of this as just a, a chapter, a, a difficult period that can bring you even closer together and I wish you and your child so much success. As always, feel free to reach out and we'll talk soon.